Will he get it here? Yes! Drew Brees broke all the records and Bills fans... <laughs> broke all the bones. Mm. Good job, Buffalo. I am not worried about the Bills heading into the playoffs. They can beat anyone, but I am worried that Bills Mafia is out of shape. Welcome to That's Good Sports. I am Brandon. Duck Hodges wasn't even the worst QB in the AFC North this Sunday, Perna. Hodges threw four interceptions and just one touchdown in a loss, but old Andy Dalton did the same thing with about 50 fewer yards. So Dalton is still king of the North. Uh, is Kyler Murray now a better tackler than Ryan Tannehill? The Cowboys got a big win despite nearly botching the opening coin toss and the 49ers lose with a crazy finish in Atlanta. I have all of the late games to review and Drew Brees setting the touchdown record in total domination of the Colts. And... Oh yeah, you yinzers might want to stick to calling people Kareem Hunts before the games. That's good. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Now I write a lot of dumb stuff here. You know that. I know that. We all know that. But if I wrote that NFL officials would take away Drew Brees' touchdown record, the all-time touchdown record, with a horseshit offensive pass interference call, you would say that sounds too far-fetched. Well, let me just say these two words. Al Riveron. NFL officiating. It sucks. Those are pairs of two words. The officials called offensive pass interference for the tickiest tackiest of calls to take away history from Drew Brees momentarily. And literally the only person I saw agree with this was Booger McFarland and probably Tom Brady in his heart. Now Drew Brees got the record anyway and having that touchdown removed actually made it more impressive when he obtained it because he completed 20 straight passes to break the record and hit the number 540 for his career. This is so much more impressive than the way Tom Brady will pass Peyton Manning's record and Peyton had already probably texted Drew Brees a hilarious congratulations text. Meanwhile, Brady, of course, mailed him a thank you letter with anthrax. Whoa, 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 the band, the pan. Brady's not a monster, okay? He just worships the devil. While listening to worship music, his favorite album by anthrax. Now, Breeze wasn't done. He hit Taysom Hill for touchdown 541 and also passed Phillip Rivers going 29 of 30 to give him the highest completion percentage in a game ever at 96.7. Drew Breeze was on fire. He really was that good tonight. It looked like the Colts didn't have a defense. Now, Michael Thomas is also chasing records and after 12 catches against the Colts, he's just 11 receptions away from passing Marvin Harrison's single season record of 143 receptions. But the greatest part of the game may have been Booger McFarland drawing a dick and balls on the screen. So I'm back to loving Booger McFarland for now. And just as we thought, Booger draws a very, very thick member. The Cardinals beat the Browns 38-24. Welcome to Arizona versus Cleveland, where the only thing I can think of is the color of blood and the color of shit. Splitting open like anal fissures in beautiful harmony. 
Kenny Drake had 137 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns, proving the only running back who can't thrive in that system is David Johnson for some reason. The Grinch demanded high fives in this game, and both of Roseanne's husbands combined to form a tight end in Dan Arnold, who also found pay dirt in this dominant Cardinals win. Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield, and Cliff Kingsbury is a better coach than Freddie Kitchens. This is the fourth game of the year with over 400 yards of offense for the Cardinals. They had only one game with over 400 yards in 2017 and 2018 combined. And that is from at S. Cox FB on Twitter. Also via Twitter, Larry Fitzgerald's father hinted that may have been his last game in Arizona. Now, due to that possible opening and all of those offensive yards, that may have sparked Browns players to yell at the Arizona sideline to come and get them after the loss on Sunday. If that report isn't true, then let's just assume it's Mike Silver continuing to do his bidding for Hugh Jackson, who still controls Silver via his evil sangria-induced hypnosis. The Falcons beat the 49ers in a wild finish 29-22. But first, have you ever seen YouTube not censor a young ho stretching? Now you have, young ho, stretching, openly, freely. The Falcons beat the 49ers and the Saints this year on the road, but basically lost to everyone else. Thank you for making no sense, Atlanta. It was cool to add Kyle Shanahan versus his old team. This was a very sleepy game, confirmed by my nap during it. And it felt like the 49ers thought they would be able to cruise to a win. Kyle Juszczyk, the hardest man to ever go to Harvard, recovered a Falcons fumble on a punt, which commenced the go-ahead touchdown on the following play when Shanahan called his number. In a game where points were hard to come by, that looked like it would secure the win for the 49ers. But never count out Matty Ice, unless it's in the Super Bowl. Five seconds left, he throws a touchdown to Julio Jones, and on the ensuing kickoff, the 49ers fumble with the longest of fumbles, which occurred on their final of their three backward passes, and the Falcons recover for a touchdown, becoming the first team to score two touchdowns in two seconds. And Kyle Shanahan canceled the team party at In-N-Out. He said, sorry guys, losers eat at Burger King. Now, not to stir up controversy, but I did not think Julio Jones broke the plane, but I did think Austin Hooper made the catch with his foot, so it basically all evens out in my sick mind. And the Falcons finally get their revenge on Kyle Shanahan breaking the 28-3 curse. The 49ers need to get healthy. They had six defensive starters out, and the offensive game plan was just throw the ball to George Kittle. But his best play wasn't a single one of his 13 receptions. No, it was his block on the Raheem Mostert touchdown run where he pile-drived Ricardo Allen through the turf all the way to fucking Oakland and then laughed like a crazy Raiders fan right in Allen's face. The Cowboys are good again, beating the Rams 44-21. The Cowboys won the coin flip to start the game and chose to kick off instead of deferring. Respect. That was a huge flex by Dallas, knowing that they would have such a large lead that they didn't even need an extra possession. Okay, fine, they figured it out and the Cowboys did get the ball to start the second half. Defense, defense, we want to kick it. Kick it that way. You want to kick? We defer the second half, yes. Okay, you're going to kick. Yeah. 
Because Dak did say defer. Dak said defer. Dak defer. Another banner day, though, for NFL officiating. They basically had to sift through the audio of the coin toss to figure out what the fuck Dak really said. Now, this game was more proof that the Cowboys are the most bipolar team in the NFL. They couldn't stop Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, but the Rams offense that put 28 up on Seattle was no problem. Jason Witten did one of the most athletic things he's ever done in his life, and that includes oil wrestling Booger McFarland for control of the Monday Night Football booth. Dak puts the ball behind Witten, where he one-hands it before old man shuffling into the end zone. Good job, Jason. Ezekiel Elliott had somewhat of a breakout game, carrying the ball 24 times for 117 yards and a couple of touchdowns. But right as the Cowboys were starting to feel good about paying him all of the money they did, Tony Pollard ripped off a 44-yard touchdown to go over 100 yards himself, reminding everyone that anyone can run behind the Dallas offensive line. The Bills beat the Steelers and clinch a playoff spot. Now, I really like the introductions on Sunday Night Football. I learned a lot. I had no idea Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott went to the same all-boys gay wizard school. Let me take you back to Williamsburg, Virginia, some 25 years ago, when the college had a star-wide receiver named Tomlin and a strong safety named McDermott. W&M stands for Wizards and Men. Lots and lots of men. McDermott, who earned the nickname McNasty. Sean McNasty. And that was not a name he earned on the football field, by the way. Imagine what you have to do at an all-gay wizard school to earn that nickname. Chris Collinsworth has an idea. So many times it's the guy that comes from behind that causes the problem. This was a pretty ugly game, which you probably could have guessed by looking at the fact that it was the defensive charge Bills playing the defensive only Steelers. Last week, corner Tredavious White picked up the Ravens play sheet. But it turns out it was their scouting report on Duck Hodges, which is why White was able to pick him off not once, but on two passes in Pittsburgh. My favorite part of either interception was NBC playing Give It To Me Baby by Rick James after the first one. I will not play that song because I don't want to be haunted by the ghost of Rick James and have him grind his feet on my couch. The Bills D was swarming for most of the game, but the Steelers gave up a huge opportunity to swing the game down four from their own 10 late in the second half. James Conner was in the Wildcat and tried to run a read option to Deontay Johnson, but the mesh point got a little awkward and they fumbled the exchange to be recovered by the Bills. The Steelers have been using trick plays all year and it's really helped, but this time they got a little too cute. Can't have cute, it has to be smart, not cute. What's the difference? (laughs) Well, if it works, it's smart. If it's not, it's cute. Don't be confused, no one has ever been smart and cute at the same time. And if you're lucky, nobody has ever called you either. Just just notice me, Mom! The Steelers had 10, the Bills had 10. That's what Al Michaels calls a tie. And this was about halfway through the fourth quarter. But then Josh Allen led a long drive to get the game-winning touchdown. And the Bills almost fumbled the game away too, but were lucky to fall on Devin Singletary's loose ball. Finally, Josh Allen hit Tyler Croft 
for the touchdown on third and nine. And from Dr. Super Bowl, a.k.a. at spot underscore bills, Tyler Croft's last game with the touchdown occurred when the 2017 Bengals defeated Baltimore in a game that helped the Bills clinch a playoff spot. Croft now only trails Jim Kelly for being primarily responsible for the most Bills postseason berths as his late touchdown gave Buffalo the amount of points they would require to defeat the Steelers. The Bills are in the postseason for just the second time since 1999, and I'm incredibly sad they're not going to get a home game. Crushing blow for the fold-up table economy in Western New York as well. Naturally, the Bills fans met the team at the airport in sub-freezing temperatures. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Please sub here on YouTube. You gotta subscribe. It's like, <laughs> why even go onto YouTube if you're not gonna subscribe to my channel? Also, give at Wilkie6 a follow. He helps me write football videos here. Without him, I would literally die. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Brandon Perna. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. <laughs> <laughs>